Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. We are, I just want to talk to you for about 10 minutes tonight about the power of praising Jesus. The power of praising Jesus. We, um, you know, we live in a world that knows how to praise and worship. They do know how to do it. They do it quite well, actually. And, uh, and you know, and that's, that's not their fault or whatever, but that's what they do. And, uh, and they, often their praise isn't towards Jesus, but it's many other things. And, you know, and you see people, the way they, they follow their bands or their favorite singer or their sporting team. And I've been to some games of uh, AFL, or you can actually just, without even being there, you can just watch a game of soccer overseas and, uh, and there's some people that are pretty fanatical uh, in that crowd. And so much so that people have died at football matches because uh, of saying the wrong thing to the opposition player. Because that's my team. You don't, you don't touch my team because I worship that team. I praise that team. You know, and so we, and we go to games and, and people, you know, you, and you see them on the field and they, they lift their hands and they're cheering. And, and it's like, sometimes I've heard people say, you know, on church, you know, they clap their hands and they dance and they lift their hands and that's a bit weird. And I think, no, it's not. Mate, you need to go to the football. I like going, looks pretty much the same as me. You know, look, it looks the same to what, you know, I see in church, but our praise is towards Jesus and not another person or team. You know, and so we have, there's people that will, you know, they'll, they'll want their favorite band to be playing. And they'll, they'll line up in the freezing cold all night long to get a ticket that costs them $400 plus food and accommodation. But you know what I mean? So they're, they're dedicated. They'll, they'll drive all night. They'll do whatever. And so because they love that band, they love the, and that's not wrong to love something and be passionate about something, but you've got to be careful of that, where that passion is going to lead you and where that worship is going to lead you and, and where that band or that person is leading you. And I know where Jesus is leading me. Do you know where Jesus is leading you? And so we live in a world that knows how to praise and how to worship. The thing is that our worship tonight, and I'm, I'm really preaching to those that are probably converted here tonight because you're into it tonight, but, but where our praise and our worship is towards Jesus, it's directed towards Him. And when, what happens is when you do that, you're elevating Jesus above yourself. You're lifting Him up above yourself and your circumstances and anything may be going on. You're, no matter what's happening in your life, you're lifting Him up and putting Him high and lift it up. You're putting him, lifting him above yourself. We also live in a world that is very self-orientated, and a lot of people, you know, you chat to people, and sometimes they're, it's all about them. They want you to worship them. Look, I did this today. I'm so good at this. You should come and watch me do this. You should go for a ride in my car because my car is so much better than yours. And I'll come and see my house because, you know, it's all about me. And so people can, they want, oh, look what I've got. Look at the stain. And so I've met some people that it's like they, they love worship for themselves. And the problem is that when it's all about you, it makes you the most important thing. And Aussies actually don't like that too much. But we need to make Jesus the most important thing. In Isaiah 6, verse 1 to 3, 
there's a passage of scripture here that talks about Isaiah when he's, and there's the people are in chaos. The people of Israel away from God. They're doing all the stuff that's wrong. They know they should be doing it right, but they don't care. No, we're going to do what we want to do and worship other gods and other things. And so Isaiah knows this. And, and at this point in his life, he's a bit scared of, you know, to go and speak to others. And so God shows him a vision. He has a vision of heaven, of, of what's going on. And it says, In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of His robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, He covered His face. With two, He covered His feet. And with two, He flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. The whole earth is full of His glory. And Isaiah sees all of this and, and he looks. And then in this, and then and if you keep reading in the other, I've got another version, in the message version, it says that, and the bright glory fills the whole earth, it says, and the foundations trembled at the sound of the angel voices and then the whole house filled with smoke. That speaks of the glory of the Lord filling the house of God. He saw a picture, really, of what church is meant to be like. The glory of Jesus fills the temple, fills the church. There's angels that sing with us. They're singing, holy, holy, holy. The place trembled. The book of Acts, they prayed so much that suddenly God came and the whole place shook as they prayed, just like it shook here. And the glory of the Lord fills the temple. And, you know, and then Isaiah is in this midst and suddenly in the midst of this, he goes, I'm not, I shouldn't be here. I'm not worthy to be here. And he suddenly goes, man, I, need, I just, I, he felt so unworthy to be in God's presence. In the Bible, if you keep reading, one of the angels go across and they get a coal out of the fire where the incense or whatever would have been burning. And, and, they, and then it comes on, he said, and he put it on my lips. And then God speaks and said, you're now clean. Your sin is forgiven. And then, I, and he's just standing there. And then he says, and then there's a cry from God that says, who, who will go? Who will go? And I was, who will go and speak to these people? Who will go and speak to them and, and call and call out to them? Call them to turn back to me. And Isaiah suddenly isn't afraid anymore. Because that anoint, that, that coal speaks of the anointing of God. It's like God came and anointed his lips to speak and anointed his life in that one moment. And he said, I'll go, send me send me that's what happens in the presence of God when you when God's presence fills the house of God suddenly God begins to speak to you and his anointing comes upon you and suddenly you can thought I'm not worthy to be here but suddenly he goes no I've forgiven you I've forgiven you I've cleansed you I've given you purpose and suddenly he goes who can go for me and suddenly in God's presence when you realize who you are in God and who you are in Christ and what He's done for you and, and what He sees in you, that He has a plan, a purpose, a destiny, suddenly you go, I'll go, send me. And that's what happens when the presence of God fills your life and, your and fills the temple and fills your life. Praise and worship, let's talk about it for a moment. It's praise and worship sets the temperature of a meeting. I drink, who likes drinking tea and coffee? Surely there's more than that. Thank you. 
I know. I see you. So, And who loves it when you get a coffee or a tea that's lukewarm? Oh, three of you. Get out. Like, you wrecked my whole message. No. I can't stand getting a tea or a coffee, and I drink both. That's lukewarm. It's okay if you do, okay? But I like mine hot, okay? Because by the time you start drinking it, after a while, it starts to get lukewarm anyway. So you want to start off with it hot. And you know, it's like, it's like our worship and praise to God. I don't think God likes it lukewarm. He doesn't want it to be just like, oh, they kind of made an effort. It's like, oh, well, they didn't really try. They were just going through the motions. See, the, see, he wants us to... See, when I read in the Bible about all the times they praised and worship, it was full on. It was everything. There was hundreds of musicians. They were singers. They were marching in front of armies. They were, they were declaring the Bible, shouting. They were praising. They were hitting cymbals. They were, had trumpets. They were, doing, they, were doing, they were dancing before God with 100% all they had. That's how all through the Bible you see the picture. They gave all their worship to God. In the book of Revelation, and, and it talks another picture about the throne room of God. And it says that when they cried out, holy, 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 there was 24 thrones around the throne. It says as soon as they mentioned the word, they all fell to their feet in worship with everything everything worshipped and their focus was on Jesus because they gave it all and our worship can be like lukewarm or our worship can be hot our worship can be everything all our praise everything we have given to God it sets a level, our praise and worship sets a level of how deep you'll go and how deep you'll go into God. And God has so much more. It's like there's a surface, but you go deeper and deeper and deeper. And God has more and more and more. But our worship and our praise will set the level of how deep you will go and what you, God will speak to you. Worship magnifies Jesus. When you look through a magnifying glass and, and you look at something that's small, you get a magnifying glass, look at it, it's massive and it's big. And it's like when now we praise and worship with all we've got, it's like you're magnifying Jesus. You're making Him much bigger, much bigger than, than you, much bigger than everything else around. The most important thing, when Jesus is magnified, the glory of God fills the room. It fills the temple. I read, I've got a CD at home. And, uh, and it's, it's about, it'll be nearly 20 years old. And they recorded this worship CD in this church in America. And they had a worship time that for, probably went for an hour of just worshiping God. And at the back of this CD, they were, they were sitting in this room. And it's like it just fell silent for a moment. And there was a very heavy presence of God. And you can listen on this CD. And they, they, they turn, all the microphones were actually turned right down. And they were just sort of sitting there. And then all of a sudden... On this CD, you hear this wind blowing. This roar just comes in. It gets louder and louder and louder. And so, and, this, and you can hear it. And the mics, they said, were turned right down. And as this wind blew in, people started, you could still hear the, like, the presence of God touching people. And people were starting to go, oh God, and just crying out to God. And they said, a, they, a visible cloud of the glory of God filled the room, which obviously you can't see on the CD. But you heard it. And they described, they did a whole thing of what they saw and what happened. And, and for about five minutes, you hear this, like, it's almost like a hovering. It's like, a, it's like this glory of God just moved in and, and it came right in on the stage and filled the entire stage. And everyone in the building were flat on their face. 
because they realized that God was there. Like went to a, they'd been worshiping, had an incredible worship time and, and, and that, but it just, it just suddenly went deeper and went to a whole new level because they were still wanted more. They wanted more. When we magnify Jesus, there's a greater sense of the presence of God. People, we've had so many people walk into our church and they come in for the first time and it's like we've been worshiping. They walk in and they said, I just felt something. I felt, I didn't know what it was. And we explain, well, that's the presence of God. I just, and they feel it. They weren't aware of it. They weren't expecting it. They had maybe hadn't felt it before. But because of we were worshiping God, God was here. And they walk into like the presence of God, an atmosphere of the presence of God. And, and it makes people aware of God's presence. Magnifying Jesus means that God's power is released with miracles and healings taking place. The greater we praise and worship and lift up Jesus, and just, He just releases His power and Holy Spirit to do marvelous things. And the Holy Spirit, when we do it also, will begin to speak to people and encourage them and will speak to people and will come to you personally and, and encourage you and, and actually reveal Jesus to people and, and reveal, you know, people that maybe don't know Jesus can be sitting in a meeting, can be sitting in a room and suddenly they'll, they'll see who Jesus really is. They'll understand and, and, they'll, and they'll be desired to say, oh, I need to know Him. I want to know Him. They'll get a revelation of who Jesus is. And the last thing, is that worship chases away darkness and brings light. Chases it away. You know, when Jesus walked the earth, every encounter, if you, every encounter that was with someone who was, was demon-possessed or with a demonic spirit or something, they were all terrified of Jesus. Instantly. There wasn't like, oh, it's Jesus, let's go, let's go take him out. They were saying, Jesus, please have mercy. Because they knew who he was. There wasn't, there wasn't a thing, oh, let's let's see if we can beat him. There was no, they said we can't. They knew there was the battle was already won. It was just as with whether Jesus would have mercy on them or not. Every time. Even two thousand of them in one in one guy. Two thousand. And they all said, please have mercy. That to me shows. How powerful, how wonderful Jesus is. How much authority He carries. That's the one we worship. That's who we worship. The one that carries all authority and power. All authority. The Bible says all. All authority. All authority in heaven and earth. All, all, all authority. That's why we're not ashamed to say He's the one who should be worshipped above all else above every other human being on this earth better than any band or rock star or movie star or sporting team great they may be but they are nothing 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 compared to who Jesus is they don't even compare and one last story I was my son Riley started playing soccer about three or four weeks ago and so I've been going on to some training sessions which are pretty hilarious and um under eights and the games are hilarious too if you want to have a laugh just come and watch soccer on Saturdays and so we're just running around chasing a ball and uh and we're at soccer training and the other parents are there and there's one guy there who's uh who's friends with someone else in our team someone else that comes to this church and uh they actually as I was you know chatting to him one day and 
and I had my shirt. I'd come from work and uh, at five o'clock, and I was I was at training there and uh, watching. And then he and he's a really nice guy. He's a teacher in one of the schools in Harvey Bay. And um, and he said, I'm wearing my Bayside Church shirt. And he goes, Oh, so so I, so what do you do? He knew we played touch football and stuff and had a team and things. He said, Oh, where do you work? Whatever. And I said, oh, I work at the church. And he goes, Oh yeah. And he goes. And so, and I said, I'm a pastor at Bayside, and then he goes, and he looks at me really sincerely, and he goes, what do you actually do? He was so sincere, he's been a guy about 35 years old, great, nice guy, and uh, lives also next to, I found out, Ron and Elva in our church, I found out, I thought, mate, you're set up, you're like gone. So... And uh, nicest guy. Anyway, and so I had this, and so I explained. I said, "What we do, you know, we work with people, and about people, getting, you know, needing help and things. And we do community events. We're in schools. We're doing all this, and all the kind of stuff. And and uh, he goes, oh, yeah.' I was just, it's, he said, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I just wanted to know because I just didn't know what you did. And um, and so and through it all, you know, every time we speak about Jesus, every time we talk to someone that genuinely doesn't know and wants to know who Jesus is, what the church is, what we do. Every time you speak about Him, you're bringing glory to Him. You're lifting up the name of Jesus. And I'd encourage you that every conversation you have with someone matters. It matters. And if you can, bring Jesus into every conversation. Not in a weird way, just in a natural way way and lift up and as you lift up Jesus and not afraid to lift up the name of Jesus he will come and speak to the heart of that person he will come and bring life to people and as you lift him up and praise him in your personal life and as you do it on a Sunday as we glorify him his glory will fill this place his glory will fill our city his glory will fill our shopping centers our schools, our streets, and start to spill out over our, and go and God will invade our city as we lift up the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is worthy to be praised. Greater than anything else in this world, lift up and praise the name of Jesus. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.